0: hasn't seen Jurassic Park. And the whole storyline revolved around the fact that some dinosaur DNA material was stuck within a mosquito in a piece of amber, and it was a massive find. They were able to extract DNA and and recreate these uh, dinosaurs. Now, we are fascinated by dinosaurs. There's no doubt about it. It's space. It's dinosaurs from a young age. Ryan McKellar works with dinosaurs on a daily basis. He's curator at the Royal Saskatchewan Museum. You know, Ryan, you have been uh, party to what could be one of the most important finds in uh, the history of paleontology you found like part of a dinosaur tail with feathers intact in a chunk of amber correct yes
1: yeah it's a spectacular find it's the first time we're seeing bone material from dinosaurs and feathers in the same piece of amber
0: and how old would this dinosaur be
1: this amber deposits 99 million years old and it's part of the deposit so it'd be the same age
0: wow okay so what does this tell you
1: It gives us a glimpse of what the animal would have looked like in terms of how the feathers were arranged down the sides of the tail in rows and also color patterns and things like that. So we get to see the underside of the tail is white or pale and the top surface of the tail would have been a brown color.
0: And do you have a theory on why the uh, dual color in the tail?
1: Oh, potentially. If it's anything like modern animals, things like white-tailed deer or rabbits that have this sort of patterning, it might be something that's useful useful for uh, signaling or potentially to uh, help with camouflage.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. How big is this piece?
1: It is absolutely tiny. Uh, so when most people hear about dinosaurs and amber, they think big specimens. This is part of a juvenile animal, more than likely, and we're talking about a strip of tail that's only three and a half centimeters long from an animal that was probably no, not much bigger than a sparrow.
0: I understand that now. Would this have grown to a bigger size? Do you this um, this dinosaur?
1: Uh, We we can't pin it down to a very specific group of dinosaurs. We know broadly where it fits, Okay. um, but we're talking about a group called the Silurosaurs, which stretches all the way from tyrannosaurs through to modern birds. We know we're not dealing with a bird because the tail vertebrae aren't fused into a solid rod, but beyond that, we can't be much more specific. We we have a a feel for where it fits, but not precise feel.
0: Would this have been one of those, you brought up a Tyrannosaurus rex, would this have been one of those dinosaurs that walked on two, two back feet then?
1: Certainly. So Uh, most of the dinosaurs in that area would have been little bipedal carnivores.
0: I love that so much. So what else can you learn from this tale?
1: Um, We get a a little bit of a glimpse of how feathers may have evolved, and that has some impact on how we view modern bird feathers. Um, So the branching structure in these feathers is a little unusual in that it really only has the two finest um, branches or forms of branches that we see in modern bird feathers, um, which points to a certain pathway for feather evolution.
0: Okay. And, and what, what would that uh, tell you more specifically? Uh, it might
1: uh, hint at things like uh, why feathers were produced in the first place. So whether they're useful for things like flight in the first instances, or whether they're being used for things like camouflage and insulation and visual signaling.
0: Wow. I, you know, this, is this the first time we've seen uh, a, a fossil where the, the feather is actually intact and attached?
1: Yes, Yeah. So we've had isolated feathers from even Canada in the past. So Alberta has a, a large set of Cretaceous fossil feathers. And we've, sorry we've been fairly certain we've had dinosaur feathers in the past mm-hmm. based on the shape. But there's always that sort of underlying uncertainty because you don't have the animal there. You can't say for sure you're dealing with this particular type of animal.
0: I understand that this piece of amber was found at a market and they thought that it was actually uh, a piece of vegetation trapped in, in the amber and and someone spotted it and said no this is what tipped them off to this was not vegetation
1: well, Lita Zing, the lead researcher on this project, um, knows his dinosaurs, for lack of a better description. Um, when he saw the specimen, he could see feathers coming off of the edge. They're tiny. They're less than a centimeter long. Um, but he was able to spot them and realized right away that this was something much more significant than just another scrap of plant material from this deposit.
0: I understand this also indicates that, that how that animal may have died.
1: Yes, it gives us some hint. So the amber around the tail has sort of a milky appearance to this. Or to it, and this is something we usually see in insects and other things that went into resin wet. So it's still a little bit of moisture in its body or decay products coming out of it, which suggests we're dealing with a fresh kill or something that actually got stuck in the resin and that's what killed it.
0: Wow! That is fascinating. Do you think this is like, is this one of the, is this a holy grail of paleontology almost, as far as we, we're concerned now with the, you know the discoveries that we've discovered in the past?
1: I don't know if I go quite that far, but it does, it goes a long way to tying together some disparate field so we have these isolated feathers in amber we have dinosaur skeletons with thin carbon films around them in some cases that show the outlines of feathers and this brings it all together in one case it gives us one little glimpse um that can be very very detailed but at the same time it's just a small glimpse it, it's not a whole dinosaur or anything like that it helps
0: you with evidence for some theories is there anything that it, it has uh, led to disproving um
1: at this point no nothing great rises to mind
0: all right well i, I this is fascinating what happens next
1: well, we're hoping to do a little bit more detailed work on the chemistry of the specimen to work out things like pigmentation. Can we be more specific than just saying brown mm-hmm. uh, for some of these colors? And we're also hoping to basically build a larger sample set from this deposit. Over the last two years, they've uh, it started to turn out a larger number of vertebrate fossils, so things like lizards. A year ago, large set of those. Earlier this year, we were involved in a study that described some bird wing fragments from the deposit. So we're, we're hoping this is just the tip of the iceberg. We might get a more complete picture of what's going on 99 million years ago and some really, really well-preserved individuals.
0: Will this help uh, maybe prove that uh, most dinosaurs had feathers at one time? Uh, perhaps. I, I think
1: we get a broader set of evidence for that uh, from sedimentary rocks, so like sandstones and things like that, uh, that dinosaurs are trapped in in places like the early Cretaceous rocks of China. There are huge sample sets there. This just provides an extra, like a, a more detailed view of what's going on in these animals.
0: What is it that you think fascinates us about, uh, you know, uh, dinosaurs? Well, I think it's
1: uh, sort of the monster aspect of things. I I don't know, um, with with me at least, it's the neat connection between birds and the fact that um, over the last even 20, 30 years, our perceptions of dinosaurs and how they moved, how they behaved, that sort of thing, have changed quite a bit. And they're becoming more and more bird-like, but each time we see one of these developments, um, it adds another aspect to how we would have looked at them in the past.
0: I really appreciate you, you joining us on the show today. It's an exciting find. Congratulations.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Cheers.